What do you think your great grandmother would say to you now? Or my granny. Uh, and my granny used to give me a hundred pounds every year for my college books. So <laughs> she'd be very proud. And she should be. She should be. You are part of an extraordinary uh, alumni of winners. The Architects of Business with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to the Architects of Business, made in partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, where you will hear the inspirational stories of some of Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Sonia Lennon, broadcasting remotely at this time. And on this week's show, we catch up with the founder of Life Scientific, Nicola Mitchell. And she's the newly crowned EY Entrepreneur of the Year 2020. She talks about the strong women and scientific background that has underpinned her success and led to her becoming the second only female Irish Entrepreneur of the Year. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe to get brand new shows directly into your feed. Nicola Mitchell, founder and CEO of Life Scientific. A huge congratulations. You are the newly crowned winner of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year. It feels wonderful, Sonia. <laughs> it, it really does. Uh, you know, uh, all the hard work, all of the commitment, uh, uh, me and every single one else in the team, uh, Everybody wants this as much as me. Uh, we, we've all fought hard for it and we deserve it. Uh, I, I really, truly feel we're a deserving winner. <laughs> uh, I, we I feel quite mean. I feel like I'm breaking up probably the still ongoing celebration. Yeah. <laughs> well, the celebration for me now is that the future is very bright. Uh, we, we now have a, a sort of, a, I can put it under our every banner uh, and, it, and it is a calling card you know it, uh, this, this is a really serious incredible award uh, it doesn't get bigger uh, than this for me and for, for the business and we work uh, very much and mostly uh, today in a European context and I imagine even from the, the Chinese partner side it'll, it'll be hugely hugely important and uh, you know in a world where there's distance and it's hard to communicate that's a resounding sort of you know flipping uh, hammer <laughs> uh, of success and it's a good label yeah we're, we're very proud to be associated with it and elevated by it and we will we will we will be good for that brand so how long was the application process and and how long was it because I know it's I know it's a difficult process and um, these awards aren't given lightly yeah um so I, I think you know I, I went to my first awards in 2006 so you know, uh, and that, that it, it's the one event each year that I go to. It's just the most magical place. It's it's full of excitement and risk. And, uh, you know, it, it, it makes you so energized to be around all of the entrepreneurs and their stories and their, it, it, it's just a wonderful event. And so, you know, you, since 2006, I've gone every year and uh, it was it was a dream for me always to to, to be the Anne Hersey. You know, I remember being there when, when she got that award, and I was just thinking, that's that that's the dream. Uh, so, but but eventually, I had the courage to 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 kind of put myself forward. You know, it it it, it you're having to stand up there and be judged. You know, in a, in a way that would 
you know, as a as a young girl, like so many, with no confidence, it, it takes you you have to be really ready to, for that. And so we, we we took a long time to to feel like we were really ready. And even in the end, I had to be shoved a little bit because when I heard it would be a Zoom contest, I'm thinking. I'm a people person. I, I'm so much, you know, I, 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 I can be so much uh, more engaging and engaged in, 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 as, a, as can everyone. And I just couldn't see or didn't have the vision of how it would work, given how glorious the night is. But I take it all back now. You know, it worked. It was fabulous. It was, it was, it was different. And, and it worked because of all the hardships of of, of and the challenges, you know. So there were, there, I mean, my phone hasn't stopped buzzing you know it's it, there's people coming out of the woodwork to wish me well and that first boss of mine uh, uh sent me the most gorgeous uh letter to acknowledge so it, it's just a wonderful 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 time for me and for everyone connected with me and and speaking of Anne Herity, uh you are officially now the second only woman to be awarded this incredible accolade yeah. that, that Given your background, and I'm going to ask you about that, you come from a long line of amazing women. It must feel brilliant to be a torchbearer for them. Yes, only because, you know, like Roger Bannister, he he, he was the first to do the four-minute mile, and after that, everybody believed it was possible, so there were tons. And I'm, I'm hoping the floodgates have opened now, and there'll be just tons of little girls <laughs> lining up uh, at, with their big dreams and uh, the world will 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 become more balanced in in, in a really positive way uh, and, and and huge value uh, will, will be created I, I'm sure of that so so um yeah it, it, the enormity of this uh, hasn't isn't lost on me and uh, it, it's it's a huge responsibility <laughs> to be to be what 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 my former self would have dreamt of being and, and, and would have been afraid of dream, dreaming and would have been, you know, not giving myself permission. <laughs> uh, I think I think your your position as role model is is well deserved and not in question at the moment. But let's let's just go back down memory lane a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear and I want to share some of the stories about your your maternal forebears. Yeah. Um, I, if only to kind of get a sense of the very potent cocktail that you were brought up in. Yeah. So, and I'll start at the beginning because the, the punchline is brilliant. Well, I'll give you the punchline now. Samantha Power is my first cousin. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> I don't have to say any more than that. <laughs> so, so she is my first you cousin. You know that Samantha Power is over in the States now saying Nicola Mitchell is my first cousin. <laughs> Well, that would, you know, and, and she, I couldn't give you a better example of her. Uh, the, and, and I know they say it's talent and it's, it's intelligence and all of those. For me, it's it's the drive and the hard work. That girl, I remember her when she was looking to get into Harvard. She learned the Oxford English Dictionary off by heart, every word by word, so that she could improve her comprehension for the GMAT test, you know. That was inspiration, and she was doing that at a very young age. She's just incredible. And her mother, her mother was the one I was listening to as I was a little child. And I, we'd hear stories back because Vera Delaney was uh, in the family of six, and uh, she wanted to study medicine in UCC. 
And the president said, what would, you, what would a young girl like you and Bobby Sox want with doing medicine? <laughs> so she did biochemistry, but it, the, medic, the medicine didn't let, she didn't let go of it and, and did it uh, following the biochemistry. And then she had a marriage uh, to an alcoholic that didn't work out. So she, she needed to uh, follow an opportunity in America. And she was the first lady in Ireland to win a high court ruling to uh, bring her children to America. And the judge says, this lady has no future, cannot provide for her children. She's a nephrologist, so she, she must be let go on condition that they go to mass and et cetera, et cetera. And, and they did. And, and so Samantha went at the age of 10. But I remember the story I loved about Vera most was she was offered um, the top job of a really uh, important Manhattan hospital. And it was so prestigious, so status. Uh, uh, and she said, no, I don't want it because I'd lose contact with my patients. And that that was I was singing when I when I saw that, I said, wow, you know, and that that really inspired me because that was huge integrity because we were being taught different values or something, you know, as you know, you success looked different or was taught to us as being different, you know, so no. So so they they really guided me, those 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 women. And then. Um, my granny, so Vera's mother, was was um, she was uh, she was the first lady uh, in Galway uh, to have her own car. She had two degrees in, in university, of which for which she was so proud, and she'd show us them. They were hanging on her wall. Uh, she she had a dress account in, in and was in in Dublin and would lend all her dresses to her friends. You know, she was so generous spirited. Uh, she loved antiques, and her father had been. Um, uh, she was. She, she benefited from him because he was a a runner for Michael Collins, and he uh, was gifted uh, a farm uh, uh, in in recognition or in thanks for his his, his service to Ireland, and uh, uh, and he had to go to Orson Uchtaron to give uh, 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 his record for the state account. So anyway, Granny then got married to a, a really handsome uh, man, really handsome. And the only problem was he was a gambler. So he gambled away all the fortune and Granny stood there strong, uh, you know, triumph over adversity, very much alone. They didn't have, um, you know, any understanding that gambling was an illness. It was covered up. Uh, he, he, you know, he risked losing his livelihood, and 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 Granny and her six children would have been destitute. She had to manage the the loan sharks, you know, all hidden. So so you know, that 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 I can only imagine how how terribly difficult that was for her. Yet she got all children except for the eldest two to university, and that education for her was religion. So it I really commend her. To me, like, uh, and for good reason, there is a great um, pride and legacy of storytelling in your family. Um, and, and certainly those strong women, their stories deserve to be told. Yeah. Your father, in a way, um, was the flip side of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he adored me. <laughs> and, I, I, you know, I, I think I went against all his rules when he was encouraging me to, to make it in the world and set up my own business and do the MBA and study French. So he was the, you know, a father is such an important role in a daughter's life. You know, it, it was really clear. Um, uh, he, he, he was 
I would have said in his professional life dis disenfranchised, but in his real life, he was so fulfilled. Um, so when he, his mother, I think, sacrificed her life for him, she, she, he got to university, he did chemistry, but he, he took years to finish, I think. <laughs> and she used to, you know, iron his shirts. And she told mum when mum, when she met mum, you know, and she was with my granny, my other granny, you know, Sheila, you look after him, won't you? Won't you, Sheila? And uh, uh, my grandmother, Delaney, said, faith, and she will not. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the daddy, my father was just uh, absolutely the golden boy. And then um, what happened? He and he even, you know, to make the money through university, he he played on the same band uh, as Sean Arida, so Johnny Reedy it was, and I, I mean it was glorious. I can only imagine the fun that they had and the excitement of that. And you know, any time you saw my father in a social environment, you would have paid money to listen to him. He was just uh, honestly the most funny man I've ever ever seen, and and still, you know, he had the conditioning of being a man and a male of the of of, of those days. So I don't think he had any expectation of me. Uh, it's really interesting, Nicola, because, you know, the, everything is values led and you can tell that in speaking to you. Um, and, and, and in a way, your mom and dad had two very opposing sets of values. But when you put those values together, so, yeah. you know, the drive, the determination, mm -hmm. uh, the graft on your mother's side, yeah. Yeah. and then the sort of free thinking, creativity, and also... Mm -hmm. You know, your dad almost um, magicked your career path because it was what he felt he was missing. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He, 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 I was, I'm positive and certain I was realizing his dream, but it, it happened to be my dream also, and that's what connected us. So you went to college after school yeah. and studied chemistry. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and it's interesting, uh, uh, when I look back, that was a real struggle for me in, in some respects. It was very academic, but I couldn't write. I, I'm a lefty, but I write like this. And, and, and even in school, in Leaving Cert, and even after that, the, the nuns and, and my lecturers would give me headline copies because they said, Nicola, you're just, this is just not on. And then when I did my MBA in 10, 10 years later in Fordham University, they actually allowed me to read out my exam papers. <laughs> <laughs> freedom <laughs> but that was a more interesting topic because chemistry is quite applied or it's quite academic whereas business you know that was you had Fordham University and all the lecturers were were half in business already so it was very much you know um where the you know where the rubber hits the hits the road it was really really real life to me but yeah so I did chemistry and um, and then at that time in the 80s there were really no jobs <laughs> and so this job found me, you, you know, uh, in Dublin. Uh, it was a Barclay Chemicals Limited, a very entrepreneurial agrochemical company that had, had started in 78 with a very visionary and generous owner. And I went for interview and uh, with very little to offer. And uh, I, I was up against uh, PhDs, so I was underqualified for the job. And as luck would have it, the owner of the business happened to call in that day and he just decided, yeah, we're, we, he overruled, he overruled uh, his paid executives <laughs> and said, we're taking her. So uh, that was the luckiest, probably the most luckiest day of my life. And I had 10 years, wonderful years there, sinking and swimming, setting up labs from nothing, nobody to hold my hand, being sent off to France. You know, try, uh, you know, some companies were 
um, going into liquidation and I had to beg the liquidators not to unplug the freezers because that's where all our samples were for residue testing. You know, it was just, it was just real jungle. It was fabulous and, and, and a huge generous generosity of spirit and very much a visionary uh, environment to be in, you know, and it was, it was I, I know you've said before that uh, everything that you've achieved is down to hard work and graft and yeah. just getting stuck in. Yeah. But, you know, I think you're slightly doing yourself a disservice in that that graft needs to be married with competence and timing and a, a nose for opportunity. And I think, you know, as you were coming to the end of your time in Barclay, that's what happened. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, it's not luck. You you really do make your own luck. And Stanford have legitimized that. They call it a second kind of luck. And I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, the dots joining up for sure. And in Stanford, they teach you, you know, don't go for any opportunity unless you can be number one or two in it. And the market size has to be 100 million. So you can therefore be 50 million. So they, they, they start off big. <laughs> and and, and it's just it's just world leading management principles, not rocket science. But it's as easy to do that as to do small. <laughs> you just need to know, you know, not rocket science. So so absolutely. Um, uh, and and I don't I, I keep going. And just Matt Cooper said this a lot last night that intelligence and talent are overrated. <laughs> it really is attitude. And and I yes and I accept yes hard work, but. But also you need to have a, a sort of strength of character that will not let you give up without being dogged <laughs> and will uh, allow you fight without being aggressive, <laughs> you know, you know, in a quiet way. And just based on your intuition and those, that little voice that we all have nagging away inside us. You know? <laughs> and so what was that opportunity, that, that, that penny yeah. moment for you? So, so very simply put, I came into the industry uh, from a generic side, which was really, it, you know, the supermarket equivalent of bar, par, paracetamol. You know, it's 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 uh, yellow so, pack kind of yellow pack, pack a little bit. Yeah, so 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 you have um, the big 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 multinational companies will invent a new molecule, and then after twenty years, other people can use that molecule and reinvent it. But 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 there's competition. So you have a monopoly period for 20 years uh, so that the big company can recoup on his big, big investments, 300 million for, for one molecule. So th th we need, the world needs these new molecules. But also uh, uh, policymakers uh, will really work hard to, to, to get the balance right between this big innovation and competition. Farmers need affordable high quality inputs. We, they need to be competitive. So let's, so the, let's talk because some people yeah. don't know the, the nuts and bolts of what Life Scientific does or what even Barclays would have done at the yeah. time. So yeah. the products that you, you're making in these organizations are agri-pharma. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so so okay. what, what, are, what is the use case? So, so it's to protect crops from disease um, or insects, you know, and it's, it's used only when unavoidable and it's um it's it, it's food production so without it we would have had we, we could have avoided our famine had we mancozeb for example we 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 can manage mycotoxins you know ergotism we can uh, treat uh, malaria 
you know, so it, it, it's, 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 it's protecting crops from disease. So, and, yeah. so when, um, when you saw your opportunity in terms of this generic space, yeah. um, you equate it to this kind of, uh, you know, the, the branded license period, and yeah. then it goes to the market almost like a, a kind of a pharma stock exchange in terms of who's going to bid the highest for the product. Well, it's free market. So it's monopoly versus competition. So you can have many entrants and that will that will provide for good pricing, better pricing. So what was your unique prism on that? Science. We what we did was so typically so in our industry, so one of the big companies, there are three, is Bayer and they created aspirin, for example. Uh, these are very big bastions of power in Germany with long roots. So uh, 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 ICI is another, uh, 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 British, it's now called Syngenta, a, a multinational with 6,000 phenomenal scientists. You know, these are really, it, it, it's, it's mission control, you know, it, it's huge, hugely important uh, work that they do discovering new molecules. So then on, in our world, we have also big generic companies. Um, and, you know, until we pivoted our business model to have our own products, because for 20 years, we were offering R&D services, you know, it was services, and we were building capability. But once we flipped to our own mo mo model, we came with pioneering off-patent science, so generic science that, that isn't anywhere else in the world because the big generic competitors, how th their model is to take multinational scientists, do it the multinational way. So they have all the costs, they have all the, um, the time, yet they don't have the returns of new molecules. So their business model is, is really caught between two stools. And these companies are by and large propped up with, you know, printed money. You know, it's, it's a money bubble propping these big, big companies up. And, 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 and the single reason that I see our future is because we are authentic. We've, we've pioneered and fostered a new science that's tailored to our, our, our job. So we're, we're, we don't reinvent the wheel. If it's, if it's done by the multinational, our best compliment to them would be to take it apart and clone it and then develop it. But we, it's, it's like Apple did. They didn't reinvent the wheel. They brought all things together in new ways. So it's very, very fast. It's efficient and it's exponential. So, so I really, really believe uh, if that money bubble bursts, we will, you know, we will really come to the fore because we're authentic. It's pioneering, highly scalable. It's the equivalent of 3D printing, um, what, what we offer, you, you know, and it, 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 so, yeah, it's, it's not cumbersome. It's not over-engineered. It's not complex. It's not slow. And, and this is what our generic competitors do. Amazing. So you've, you've actually, not only are you re-engineering the molecules, that you've re-engineered the model of how it yeah, gets marketed. Totally. And, it, and, and it, 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 that was the, the criticism I would have had when I joined the generic industry. The science wasn't fit for purpose if the science was even there at all. 
you know so it's very and can much- I ask you then with all, like it's 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 so mind-blowing what you do I absolutely yeah. love it and I want to talk more about the structure of the organization yeah. and the people of the organization but but what is it that you think uh won you that award last night I, I won't say hard work because <laughs> 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 I, I you know I know all the finalists uh we're deserving winners we know this you know um uh so i uh, th- th- it's very easily uh it- it's our team it's every single one of them uh that won the award last night uh, uh and it's it's just you know from right from the get-go and many of them are with me from the beginning and the best of people you know and they checked me out and you know they they took risks they turned down jobs and big multinational companies, you know, and went with the confusion of our early years, you know, and they they were happy to sink or swim. And they believed, you know, and, and they wrote they wrote to me um at our last town hall uh and and uh, they quoted out of Alice in Wonderland, you, you know, and, and they said this and, and I, I, I was so moved because to me it couldn't have been a greater compliment. They said, Alice laughed. There's no use trying uh, she said, one, uh, no, she's, uh, hang on, a, there's no use uh, trying, she said, one can't believe in impossible things. Um, and then the Queen said, I'd say it's because you haven't had much practice. <laughs> when I was your age, I always did it for at least a half an hour a day. Why, sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. Well, you have an amazing team. You yeah. have an amazing company that is um, on a trajectory for huge growth. Tell yeah. us a little bit about how you structured that into yeah. the future. So, you know, again, uh, before we pivoted the model, uh, thanks to Enterprise Ireland, we we were on the Stanford Leadership for Growth program, and that was Enterprise Ireland. Uh, they went around the world and and cherry picked. Uh, well, they they kind of customized the best they could throw, and uh, and we went to Stanford and and they said, you know, at the time, the Irish CEOs don't have enough ambition. They sent them off to Stanford, and Stanford wheeled out their top brass. You know, Stanford Business School. So you can just imagine awestruck and starstruck we all were and how how much like sponges we all we all were but um so and I thought Stanford would be talking about strategy you know (laughs) and of course they weren't they were talking about culture and people and engagement you know so the whole thing for me uh, uh, that Stanford taught was how culture eats strategy for breakfast so they taught they taught us how to direct a team how to empower a team uh, we're doing now, it's still, it's a legacy of our time in Stanford. Uh, each person on the program was given a coach and she's working with us now. She's 72 uh, and she looks 50. She's just, she says, I was her first CEO. And uh, she, she's just encouraging me to hold on to being a female. Uh, and, and she spent all her career coaching, you know, the CEO of the big multinationals, and they were all men. And and and, and she, I love that. I yeah. absolutely love that. It's yeah. it's, it's so inspiring. Yeah. Uh, where you are now, where you've built this business, business. What what are the the impacts into your sector? 
of life scientific? What, what, what are you going to be sort of on your deathbed saying we did that? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll give, we'll help farmers farm better. Uh, we'll allow them produce more competitively. Uh, we won't accept the rules of the multinationals, which tell us stay out. <laughs> they're, they're erecting these barriers, but they're secondary. They're circumnavigable. We can get around them because we know the law, because we know the regulations, because we know the science, and because we know the technical barriers. So it, it's just really understanding, really knowing, and then, then stepping in and, and voicing that and, 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 and fighting for that uh, on behalf of our very dear farming customers uh, to get them the free market that they deserve, the free market that Europe has aspired to be, the single market, you know, and there's, there's lots of vested interests that work against that and they're powerful ones. So we and will so do when, that. When you them. think about the, the partnership that you launched, uh, yeah. Life Scientific started in 95. So yeah. you're, you're celebrating now at an auspicious stage in your life cycle. When did the partnership with, uh, is it in vivo? Yeah, that was in the end of 2014. Okay. So, uh, so we, we had worked for 20 years as a service provider, learning capability. Then in 2012, we had our first own product in line with our long-term strategy and they were our first customer the, the co-ops in France one of our first customers and I wanted to scale this business model I didn't want to control or be a part or a, a, a controller of a small thing I, I've always wanted to be a part of something really great and, and important and, and worthwhile so, so we said, here's technology in exchange for market access. That was the deal. And it's been a really wonderful deal. I'm pleased to report that the France is about only half of our business today. So it, it's really given us, it allowed us to go from in 2012 from a 2 million business to a 60 million business. And the current year is looking at 82 million business. So it was very, it was hockey stick growth. After 20 years of hand to mouth. So you're, you're, I mean, what I love listening to you is that you are the consummate long game player. Yes, yes. And, and, and I can hear that in you. So, you know, you're not going anywhere in a hurry. In the next 10 to 15 years, uh, where does Life Scientific go? So easy. And, and they taught us again in, 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 in Stanford Go for base camp. So don't 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 start losing the run. <laughs> so base camp for us is five years, 2025. And I promise you, we will have a 250 million business. And that will be a billion valuation based on a multiple of 50. And that's just rolling out the existing business model. So that's just doing what you're doing. Yeah. Organic. What do you think your great grandmother would say to you now? Or my granny, uh, and my granny used to give me a hundred pounds every year for my college books. So <laughs> she'd be very proud. And she should be. She should be. You are part of an extraordinary uh, alumni of winners, amazing people who are. I say it all the time on this uh, podcast. Uh, they're your pirates. They're your people now. They yeah. are the wreckers and the ruiners and the growers. What does it feel to be part of that group? Oh, I, I'm the most proudest card carrying member, and I have been uh, forever since ever. You know, and I, I just feel 
uh, yeah, my whole world is opening up and everything's happening for me in the way it always should have been. And I'm coming into the world as as I should have been. Yeah. You're already here. Yeah. It has been my pleasure. Congratulations. Thank, and you. thank you so much. Thanks for listening and watching The Architects of Business Made in Partnership with EY Entrepreneur of the Year. Thanks to the whole team here at Joe and to our entrepreneur today, winner, Nicola Mitchell. If you haven't already done so, click subscribe to never miss a show. The Architects of Business with EY Entrepreneur of the Year, telling the inspirational stories behind Ireland's most successful entrepreneurs.